Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Awesome. Hello everyone. Awesome. Is my vrou nog hier binnen? Sy geloop. Is jy nog hier so? Sy het gerei. Nederland. <laughs> Met gebid. Dankie Heere vir die awesome ochend. Thank you that you are showing us how to be a family. How to be a godly community. Also show us Lord what you want for each and every one Lord. You you know each one integrately and you know actually what their next step is. You see around the corner. So I pray that you'll strengthen everyone here this morning for their journey ahead. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome, everyone. It's, for me, I mean, I'm not yet to preach. I'm just yet to be here with you guys and serve the Lord together. And we've already done that. We, we, we can go home. We've had... We've had some words that's been amazing, it's ministered to me, but let me continue. <laughs> I won't be that long this morning. I just want to honor Brown and Robin um, for the work they are doing. Can we just give them a clap? Doing so amazing. And, and the whole team, um, you guys have sent people to Live Village, making a difference. I see Varys and Nicole, I see Um Henny and Berlin has walked into a, uh, a church that, that really was hurting, and they are administering the love of the Lord. They are doing so well in Cape Town. Everyone I see from Shofar Cape Town South says, Henny and Berlin, where do these people come from? I said, no, they come from Sekunda, of course. Um, they, they're doing so amazing. So thanks for being generous and sending people around the country it's been a, it was one of the first words given to this church in 2009 by that time Cole was here I wasn't even here I only came the same time as I'm 2013 also Hanu I think in that time um, but one of the words was an image of Secunda and arrows going out all over the world and it has been a consistent reality that as people have been coming in and raised up in the faith so two others have gone out to different places to change the world. What a privilege, amen? So this morning, I, um, I was actually going to continue with this, the series on Colossians. At first I said to Brown, no, let me, let me dance with you guys. But then I just felt, I just want to come in a little bit more prophetically. I've, I had a few things on my heart. By the way, that sermon series I've been listening to, um, you guys are being fed the proper stuff. Uh, through the people sharing this pulpit, so you can be very proud of what you are hearing and the way you're being taught in the, in the Word. So I've got a few things on my heart, but I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to dance around uh, Pentecost and, and just take a bird's eye view of a few things that happened there to the church, and then I want to ask the Lord to move your heart if there's one or two areas that He can move you th this morning. I really want you to move. My heart for you is to be unlocked, not to just go home unchanged. So I'm going to pick up um, in Acts chapter 2 verse 37. But before I read there, but we can have that slide up, I just want to give a little bit of an overview of what went down and, and what happened up to this moment. 
So Jesus ascended into the heaven and the disciples and some other people went into an upper room to pray to the Lord. The Holy Spirit filled them with a loud sound and incredible things happened. There was flames that appeared on them. Peter addresses the bunch. He says, listen, we lost one. We lost Judas. We, we must make a decision and they choose Matthias. They rise up, they go out, the people are now coming near, possibly because they heard the sound of the Spirit coming, filling the people. There is now a crowd we know of more than 3,000 people. And Peter preaches a sermon to them, a very confronting sermon. He says, you crucified Christ, amongst other things, expounding the gospel to the people. At the end of his sermon, we pick it up here, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, this is now the crowd, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't read over this too fast. Jesus was baptized. He tells the Disciples go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them. Jesus ascends and they stay consistent to what he says. That is the answer to the people that got cut to the heart. Repent, believe, be baptized. Are you baptized here this morning? Have you obeyed yet? Now, I can make you mad because I'm going to go on a plane back to Cape Town and then Brown can, can deal with you if you're unhappy. But scripture says you should be baptized. All right? Not, that's not my opinion. And one... I repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right, let us not go too fast. Let us obey as we read. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, and everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. For the Afrikaans mense, hou net vast, ok? Ek sal so bykie mengels doen. Ons gaan Engels lees, ok? Hou net vast. So those who received his word were baptized and were added that day about 3,000 souls. So the way you knew someone became a Christian back then was not when they prayed a prayer, was when you saw them going through the water. That would be the altar call of the early church, alright? And that's how they know that there was 3,000 souls added because there was 3,000 people baptized. All right. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. This is now how they responded. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. In common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, and day by day, attending to the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. So they attended the temple, but then their fellowship spilled over into more domestic platforms. They went to homes and they continued from there. Okay. When Jesus captures our hearts, there are four ingredients that we can see in this passage that we find there. Now, I am going a little bit more prophetic. I know as you are working through Colossians, you're being very nitty-gritty. You're looking at verses, how they tie in together. I'm going to go a little bit more broad stroke. 
Because for me, I, I'm coming here with a word on my heart that I see in Scripture. So allow me to take a bird's eye view here this morning. This is a time where Jesus ascended. He was pretty much the center of what they could remember, what they were talking about. Did you see how he went up? I mean, just imagine that. Have you ever seen a man ascending a cloud? I mean, Jesus was capturing their hearts and their attention. Now they're in the upper room, they're praying. They're being spirit-filled. Now Jesus is being preached. Now people are being baptized as Jesus commanded. Jesus is front and center. And there's some things we can see in how this community interacts with the living Jesus. And let's learn from them. One verse here, verse 14 from chapter 1. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with a woman, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, Jesus has just left. One of the first things they do is they pull together and they enter a time of prayer. When Jesus captures our hearts, first thing I want to just lift up this morning is that the one whose heart is captured by Jesus knows that intimacy with Jesus is life. The upper room. It is the place where I pray. And it is the place where we pray. The heart that is captured by Jesus knows this very well. Because if you take away the believer's upper room, you take away everything. Everything can be rough out there. If I have a prayer life, if I pull into my upper room, Jesus often went to the mountain. If my prayer life and my intimacy with Jesus remains, doesn't matter how hard or how vicious the storm out there, everything seems to be doable. But if you take away my upper room, nothing works. Because it is the center of a heart of a believer. Amen? And for you and for me, and for the disciples back then, you and I, we cannot advance past our upper room. And I, knew, I know I'm using the upper room, there was a literal upper room, I'm using it as an analogy for your time of prayer and being intimate with the Lord. This morning, I am telling you, you cannot advance in the kingdom if you do not have an upper room. If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you cannot advance. And it's important that we get that. The disciples could not advance. They had to be there. And what I've learned in my life, my wife and I, we've been through rougher times and we've been through easier times. But all those things have been circumstances. They've come and go. In the seasons where we have been close to the Lord, we could scale every mountain. And the same is true for you. If you hold on to Him, you will have faith to scale the mountains. If you are not close to him, the smallest little hill, oh, can it do If you lose your upper room, you lose everything. So if you want to ask me how it's going and you want to cut to the chase, ask me, how's it going with your upper room? There is the answer of how it's going with me. Because if there's life there, there's life everywhere. It flows from there. Amen? In your upper room, 
That is where you learn who you are and who he is. When I was a young man, I switched on TV, and I'm still a young man for some people, okay? When I was a young pastor, I switched on TBN and they said, if you want to be a minister, you must be rich and famous and well-dressed. But when I went to my upper room, something else I learned there. I must be real and I can be broken. That's what I learned. And so I took it from my upper room into my life, into my ministry. When I go onto social media, it taught me that people, it's important for people around me to know I've got it together. It's what the world right now is teaching me and wants to teach you. Show everyone that everything is okay with you. Post the highlights of your life, the highlights of your week. But then I went to my upper room and what I learned is a broken life is a good one to be shared with others. And so there goes the tension in my life to hold everything together. It's okay if it's not. These things I take out of my upper room. It is your upper room that sustains you, that teaches you how to be a husband, how to be a wife. Because if you go to the media for, for that, you will see, receive bad advice and you will fail. Fight for your upper room. The time where you and Jesus connect and pray. It is the start. We cannot advance beyond that. Amen. It was in the upper room the Holy Spirit came to meet the disciples and God is waiting for you are you with me this morning how is it going with your intimacy with the Lord ask yourself that question I'm telling you now if you do not read your Bible you are you are already in trouble you're not getting into trouble Repent and change it. Change the way you think about that. That's what repentance means. Make a commitment to your own heart to go back home. I don't know if it works for you in the evening or in the morning. Connect with your Savior. He loves you. Amen? The most important person in this church is not the pastor. Not the current one. Also not the one who left. Also not the worship leaders. It is Jesus. This is all that matters. Make him a priority in your life. Amen. Now, Peter steps up in Acts 1 verse 15. Now, let's have that slide up there. One must understand this man is an interesting fellow. In Matthew 26, he says to Jesus, listen, if any, every man falls away, I will not fall away. I will be by your side. This you can know. I am your man. Friends for life. Even if I have to follow you unto death, I will be there. That same night, the man denies Jesus. Okay? To a few people around the fireplace. In fact, uh, uh, Matthew 26, 74 says, and he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. That's what happened in Peter's life before his encounter in the upper room. Jesus finds him before this. He says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he reconnects with Peter. Peter makes it to the upper room. He connects with God on a new level. The Holy Spirit fills him. 
he comes out and he says, guys, there's a problem here. He rises as a leader, the same Peter. He says, in those days, Peter stood up among the brothers, companies of persons, who was all 120, and said, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. First thing he does, after the upper room, he rises as a leader. He says, guys, we've got a problem here. Let's address it. They went through a process where they selected another man to take Judas's place. Now Peter is a leader. He walks out, the crowd is there. He preaches a confronting message. He was afraid of a few people around the fireplace. Now he preaches to a crowd, more than 3,000. He says, you have killed Jesus. Very confronting. He's not afraid anymore. Now, what I want to say is we have to accept that something shifted in this man's heart. And what I want to say on this, we're taking some lessons from, from Pentecost. Second thing I want to lift this morning, when Jesus captures our heart, know this, and I, I want to come to you pastorally now, is expect wonderful things to happen in you as you follow the Lord. Expect wonderful things to happen in you. You don't have to remain as you've always been. And the way you've been, people have told you, yeah, yes, man, it's so. Yes, I'll nooit a man krijg met die houding van jou nie, of ek weet wat al sê. But when you come to the Lord, when you open your heart to Him, and you build a relationship with Him, wonderful things can happen in your heart. And if you think, I'm talking about prosperity gospel, then you, I will not insult you. I'm talking about more precious things. I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about your heart. It has been hard for you to forgive. I'm telling you what, a wonderful thing can happen in your heart. You've been holding on maybe to that grudge or this grudge for years. A wonderful thing needs to happen in you to be free. But I tell you what, it can happen. If you bow your knee to the Lord and you allow him to minister to you, wonderful things can happen to you and in you. Did you know that? When I, went, when I met the Lord, I was 18 years old, a very small church. Some of you will remember the story. I didn't know if I was coming or going. I didn't know who I am. I had no sense of identity. I was clueless. But when I met him, I knew everything would be okay. I was nowhere, and he started to build into me, year by year, month by month, wonderful thing upon wonderful thing, and he developed me, and he healed me of all my scars. Wonderful things can happen to you too, in your heart, and you need it, and your kids need it, and your marriage needs it, but you need to open your heart to the Lord, and you cannot run past the upper room. You have to stop there. And you have to remain there. Have people labeled you? Maybe they were right. Maybe you were rude. Maybe you are rude. I don't know. I don't know you. But wonderful things can happen to you.
And it, and it does speak to repentance. Repentance means a change of mind, which changes your life. If you are not open to repent, wonderful things cannot happen to you. You are shielded. You want to remain where you are. If you are protective like that, you have to open your heart. So David says, God delights in a broken spirit. The humble he draws near. So you have to get into the upper room, lower your defenses, and allow the Lord to come in. Amen. There's hope for you. As I was, as I was uh, working through this, I stopped and I said, Lord, I, I, there was a few things which the Lord actually ministered to me. Uh, and, and I stopped there and I said, I actually thought I'll always be handicapped in this or that way, but I'm not going to believe that anymore, Lord. I believe wonderful things for myself as well. There's a few areas I really want to do better in. And I want to believe God for it so that I can serve him and his bride better. What about you? What I want to say on this, because we're going to go on now to some of the things that happens around us. This will be the place in your life where you will succeed or fail to obtain the joy of the Lord. Between your upper room and allowing God to change your heart. Alright, so what the world tells you this moment Okay, and it's been like this all these years, but especially now through the way we engage with social media and stuff, is if you get the ideal circumstances externally from you, you'll be happy. And now we start chasing. And it's everyone else's fault that I'm not happy. Why? Because the underlying belief is if the circumstances around me aligns in the right way, I will find joy. It's not true. Joy is found in the presence of the Lord, and with the changing of your own heart. All right. That is where the, that's why it's called, it's not the joy of the circumstance, it's the joy of the Lord. It presses up through your spirit. Okay. So with an upper room that's working and a heart that is soft before the Lord, that is where you find joy, purpose, and fulfillment in life. And, and one cannot advance to the next without stopping at these and making a peace with them and taking it into your heart. Amen? Okay, we're going deep this morning. Wonderful things had to happen to me and my wife. When we were pastors in, in, in the shofar next to the waterfront, basically. Okay. Then we heard there was a few weird people up in Secunda that needed a pastor. That was about 2012. Now they're not weird. I knew Carl. He was in, he was in uh, courses with me, and I knew some other people. But literally, we were having church at the waterfront. Okay? So externally, you know, everyone wants to be in Cape Town. Uh, by the way, it's a very bad belief to have, but let's not go there. So I went up to the mountain one day, and I was, I'm like, yes, Lord. My, my wife built a business there. Everything was there. She, she was a wedding photographer in the winelands, and she was well-known. She was doing well. And it would have mean to leave everything. And I went up the mountain one day. I said, Lord, this, I'm trying to write down pros and cons. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. And I just prayed. I said, Lord, just help me. I went to my upper room. I went up the mountain to the cable car. You can go to the base of the cable car with your car, of course. It's quite high on the mountain. It's just the last part that your car can't go. So I went as high as I could. And I was just looking over the ocean and a whisper came to my heart, a promise from the Lord. It said, if you go 
I will make that place more beautiful to, than anything you can see right now when I was looking across the ocean. And there was only four or five times in my life I've heard the voice of God like that. And you know what happened? A wonderful thing happened within me. I believed him. I believed him. I read the Bible in Psalm 16. It says, the lions have fallen for me in pleasant places. I've got a wonderful inheritance. I contacted Juna. I said, okay, I'm ready. Are you? Circumstances is one thing. But once God works wonderful work in your heart, what about you? What is happening in your life? Are you, are you ready for him to bowl you over? And then we came here and you guys are more beautiful than mountains and seas. Amen. Right, let's go on. There's some wonderful things that happened there. Divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and arrested on each of them. Well, you have to imagine that. You have to stop for a moment. Like, well, we read too quickly past these things. This was a wonder worked by the Lord. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm not going to go too deep into that. I just, I just want to show though some of the wonderful things that happened as these men moved past the upper room and, and, and the Holy Spirit being poured out on them. Another wonderful thing that happened in verse 41, it says, those who received these word were baptized and they were added that day 3,000 souls. I mean, just think about that. That is incredible. These people heard a confronting message. Mostly Jews, opposed to what they heard and believed in the past. And 3,000 men were added. 3,000 were added. Could be men and women. It's a wonder. Now we get there. Now we move on. When Jesus captures our hearts, firstly, intimacy with Jesus is life. We do not go past that. We expect wonderful things to happen in you and then, ah, Wonderful things happens around us also. Each thing finds its place. Three can never be one. Amen. Love God, which is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all you have. We can never make three one or one three. It will not work. We start with God. But wonderful things do happen. Isn't that amazing news? Sometimes that circumstance just change and it aligns and it's sweet. I'm glad for that. But when I'm aligned with him, I start to realize that circumstances dance according to God's calendar and tune and not mine. But you see, now I'm given over to him. I've given him a soft heart. But man, he changes them at the right times. He allows wonderful things to happen around us. And let me tell you what, wonderful things happen sometimes in seemingly simple ways. I want to tell you, who, who, who makes the coffees these days? Is it his or Vionetso? It, 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 it might seem like 
pouring hot beverages into a thing. But you know how many friendships have been made around coffee at the back of this church since, the first, since before I got here? People that are still friends today in the Lord because there was a way they were, they were hosted in a way that they could share coffee or tea together and speak. Sometimes wonderful things happen through very practical things we do. If it is the Lord that calls you to do something, don't grow weary. Don't grow tired. Do you know that there's some people that's got no friends? And then they walk through a church door and someone greets them. You are welcome. And then by the time they sit down, 20 people have greeted them. You know, sometimes it is the small thing that works wonders. Don't give up on the work that God has given you because it is changing the world. You have to ask yourself, where, why am I working where I am working? Why do I go to that gym? Why do I run with those people? I'll tell you why. Because God is setting you up as a part of his plan to cause wonderful things to happen to the people around you. And some of them will change quickly. And some of them will take long. There's people here today that never wanted to come to this church when I was here. But they are here today. You know who you are. I'm so glad. <laughs> took many years. Other people just heard and came. And I want to maybe say this to someone also. Some of you are longing for a wonderful thing to happen around you because it's got to do with your spouse it's very near to home you're longing for him or for her to just understand this you're longing for him or for her just to get this and I want to encourage you this morning focus on one and two focus on your love for the Lord and how he wants to change you and then pray into number three and be patient. Because we are on God's calendar. He's not on ours. Amen. And who knows? As we trust him, you never know. But can you see how easy we put our whole life and our hopes, we shift it to number three. And then as people we we live with broken hearts and broken expectation. Us as believers, we find life in the Lord. Are you with me this morning? Let me wrap this up. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and those who believed were together and they had all things in common. And they were selling their positions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all. It's amazing once you get to one and two, once you get into a life of prayer and you allow God to, to soften your heart how your tendency is to share more what you have than trying to keep it. Eh? It's, and day by day, attending the temple together and the breaking of bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And last thing I want to say, almost the last thing is that when Jesus captures, captures our hearts, the perfect Jesus which you meet in your upper room, okay, perfect Jesus makes you a part of his hurting bride as he prepares her to meet him. If I rush past number one, if I rush past my perfect Savior, I always have an expectation for the church to take the role of Jesus himself. And I'm always pointed to the fact that she's broken and that she's hurt. We know that. That is common knowledge. She is not the perfect one. He is. That's why I don't meet you in my, in my upper room. I meet him. Then I understand I get to be a part of her, that bride, which is hurting. She's being restored because she's not restored yet. Now when he comes back, he will make her perfect. And I want to be a part of that. He helps us with that. So this guy was selling his table to give food to that guy that's still a sinner and, and maybe an bad-mannered man, but these people are looking after one another because they get it. We get to be a part of a bride. She's not perfect. And I want to say this. I've said it many times in this church. And I'll probably say it again. There's no place where you will receive more love and acceptance than the church. But there's no place where you'll be more hurt than in the church. Know that very well. When you come here with your hurt, you cannot believe how open and close... Is that my phone? No. You cannot believe how open and generous the people are. You're coming here as a broken person. Wow, this church is everything. I'll give it five years. Give it five years. Well, no, give it one. Tell you what. We know that about the church because she's filled full of people. But because I am here to serve, like we've heard here, it changes everything. I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve. Amen? That's what I pick up when Jesus captures the hearts of a group of people. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's ingredients that are very powerful when, it's, when you get it. And it's actually what I experience here and what I see here. So what I want to do is I want to blow on that flame. I want to give momentum and I want to tell you, keep on going at it. Don't give up. I know this church is in the upper room because you are filled with scripture. We're singing about Christ, I, I, this, I sense so much health. Go more, go more. Don't give up. Don't get distracted. You're doing well. And then there's just something I felt in my heart as my wife and I was just coming into Pumalanga. I was just reminded about this. And, and maybe this is a word for someone that... Um, 
you maybe maybe for you you've 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 done well in the Lord and it feels like like a commerce but but the kilometers is getting far and I'm gonna wrap up with this. I want to share something that happened in Jacob's life. Um, it's my last slide there. I want to tell you, Jacob did not have great circumstances. His grandpa was a liar. He told people his grandma was not his wife. And then his grandma, Sarah, almost was taken by a king. He did that two times. Then his father did the same thing. Told Abimelech, this is not my wife. Oh, that was Jacob's mom. But she was a deceiver herself because when Jacob's dad wanted to bless his older brother Esau, his mother helped <laughs> connive with him to trick the father. It's not a perfect family. It's not, they knew how to lie, I tell you that much. Then he had to flee for his life because his brother wanted to kill him. And this is where he sleeps on a rock. On the way where his uncle would deceive him, Working for seven years and then give him the wrong daughter. Okay. But on an imperfect journey, he stops along the way. The heavens open and he dreams. God opens his eyes and his heart. And there's angels. And things get unlocked in Jacob's heart. And it would set him up for the rest of his journey. When he awoke from his sleep, he said, surely... The Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And what I just felt on this is, I want to just encourage, maybe this is more specific to a smaller bunch, I don't know, but I just feel I needed to give this. Maybe you've, you found yourself along the journey and it's like your speed is a bit broken and, and you're away from home like Jacob or things are upside down. I want to tell you what, God can meet you right there so that you can say on your imperfect journey, God is in this. This is not perfect, but he's here working with me, meeting with me. And maybe he wants to help you make a mind shift. That he's actually busy with your life in a wonderful way. Pull back into him. Be strengthened in the Lord. He's not forgotten you. Amen. So I want us just to pray this morning. Can we stand up? If we can just have that previous slide on there uh, with the numbers. Because what I, I, I just feel movement. Okay, so... What I want to do is I just want to give opportunities for you guys to pray for one another because what I sense is sometimes when we take small steps of obedience, there's a great movement. So I want us to pray for one another. and I'll just facilitate it, but let's, let's just be ready to, to move, all right? Because for some of us, it is the first step that's the hardest one, all right? But before we pray, I want all of us I don't want to call people to recommit to number one because we're going to have all, everyone here in front. I know because I recommit every week. Okay. And talk to God about my intimacy with Him. So what I want us to do in our seats, won't you just talk to God about your upper room, the place where you meet Him in your own words. I don't want to put shame on anyone. Come on. He's inviting us to life. Just take a moment, maybe... 
close your eyes and whisper to him tell him talk to him about your upper room what do you want to how do you see your intimate relationship with the Lord is there a time set apart for him if not pray it through right now and think about making a commitment to say Lord I will meet with you before I meet with people when will that time be for you is it in the evening is it in the morning speak to the Lord about him about that tell him he is your everything your sustainer ask him to help you Lord give me just a give me a love for your word again and then I want us to pray I want us to pray so I want to I'm going to call I'm going to call us to the front. can I just have some facilitate the small group leaders if you guys should just come up let's just make it I, I want us if, if you know if you know there's something in your heart that you would love to shift it has just been with you too long then quickly come to the front maybe it's unforgiveness maybe it's a hard heart maybe it's missed expectations but there's there's just something in you that you would just love to for it to end then I want you to quickly come out one two three don't be afraid and if you're coming for prayer just face this the way of the of the um, screen so that we know how we can pray for you okay and then tell that person what can they pray for you if there's something in your heart you would love to leave that behind take a step of faith and say I want to and maybe you want prayer for that number one then that's fine say Lord I am trusting you to grow in that area don't be afraid take a step of faith we're going to pray for a lot of people this morning then I'll, and then if there is someone, there's things around you, circumstances, it's, it's really been tough. Let's get there. It's been tough at work. You want to ask God to help you. You want to make a request to Him. It's been tough as a, a relationship with this or that person. You've been praying for a mother or for a brother or for a child. If you're struggling at home, if there's something at home, you're really relying on the Lord to come and touch it quickly come out one two three we want to pray with you don't be afraid be responsive be responsive church and then you guys can start praying and then also I want to ask if you have been especially if you have been in church for a long time and you've taken your shots and it's just there's some healing you just want to ask God to help you heal up with things that happened around church even if it's a different church even if it's this church even if it was me quickly come out because it takes a step of faith it takes a step of faith don't remain in your seat if God can unlock you one, two, three is there anyone else? don't be afraid if you need to be unlocked you need to take ownership of the steps you need to take no one else can do that for you you need to take a step of faith and you need to come in humble and you need to repent okay, repent means a change of mind it means it could be that other people have sinned against you but God wants to change also your mind again give you hope again I know we need to pray into this area so let's do it 
I can only facilitate the space for prayer and healing but at the end of the day I cannot take a step on your behalf no one can do that then I want to ask you and some people can still come to the front if you want to but I want to ask you if you we've got no spectators here today if you can take a seat where you are Yep, you can take a seat in the back not the people in front please <laughs> those in the back yeah, take a seat and then I want you to ask your friend your spouse your family member you're also allowed to move around what is the Holy Spirit revealing to you this morning okay. what is what is popping up for you and just ask the person sitting next to you what about you what is popping up for you so let's engage with the word that God has for us and then if you want to you may ask that person can I pray for you you've got five minutes let's go